Hello, hello, Daily Football Report number 41. Let's go for NFL news and some draft. And man, how about them Panthers for? Well, thank you for the intro, my man. Yes, uh, what a uh, what a uh, what a time it is right now. We got the combine going on. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got your Carolina Panthers. Gagan, I'm going to need you to uh, to lead us into our NFL news today, man. I thought you'd never ask. I thought you'd never ask. This is the golden age of being a Panthers fan. I'll tell you that. Yeah, look, man, you're finally going to have a potential quarterback come into town that's better than the great Jake DeLome. Hey, Jake DeLome will always have a special place in my heart, man. Maybe that's why I'm so big on Jake Hayner, right? Jake DeLome, Jake Hayner. All right. Anywho, look, my Carolina Panthers are in the market for an Aaron Rodgers. Have you heard of that quarterback? Look, they've called the Packers, and they're trying to get some offers. Look, I love this, all right? I There's some news out there, right, where I almost have to wait a few days and let it sink in, and I need it to happen. But, yeah, I think the, the Panthers have to be all in on Rodgers, right? This makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, look, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why I'm going to Carolina. The defense is young, but I don't have that much time to wait around and wait for them to develop. It, you know, I, I don't see the appeal of going to the fourth best team in the division. How are they the fourth best team? Look, man, you got Tampa Bay at one. You got New Orleans at two. And every other week, it's either in Atlanta or a Carolina. And I don't even think it's close. I think you've got your two elite teams at top. And yeah, it's a terrible division. But man, Tampa and New Orleans are the two best in that division by far. Okay, well, let me set the record straight. Rodgers, everyone knows he's a bachelor. He's been a bachelor for a long time. You know what people don't understand about Rodgers, though? Uh, uh-oh. We, we all know he's probably dated several Carolinas. All right? Caroline, Carolina. You know, it, it all rings for him, all right? Carol, I'm sure. Look, the thing is, it must have a special place in his heart. Look, let's get him on... Every touchdown he scores, we have sweet Caroline playing. And at home games, like, this can just really be the rebirth of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, man, potentially. Look, I, I think you guys need a little bit more than a catchy catchy song that gets, gets you guys some help. Um, you know, like I said, I love the defense. You guys brought an adult into the room over there at for your coach, right, with, with the hire. Um, so I guess it really just comes down to getting that offense situated. You know, you guys do have a DJ Moore over there. Um, you're going to have to redo the run game. I think this would be a lot more attractive if you guys still had Christian McCaffrey. But, uh, yeah, if Rodgers decides to go there, it's obviously going to be because of the money. Christian who? Oh, come on, man. Come on. What? I mean, look, we don't need him, all right? Rodgers, if he wants to come, cool. If not, get out of here. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. Well, let me ask you this, Goggin. Do you instantly feel like your Panthers are going to win the NFC South if they do get Rodgers? I don't see how you don't, all right? Look, that division's up for grabs. Rodgers can really solidify the squad. But again, we still have a lot of pieces, all right? I just know that Carolina played in a lot of close games with that roster. Man, we were winning games with P.J. Walker. Look, don't don't disparage the name of the great XFL former quarterback P.J. Walker, okay? that guy, All he does is win, man. But look, Goggin, I gotta I gotta hit you with this too, man, because I'm I'm curious now. The rumors are the runner, the the number one for Derek Carr, the number one team right now is the New Orleans Saints. 
Um, and with you guys potentially being in the Rodgers business, what happens if Carr goes to the Saints and you guys get Rodgers? And more importantly, does that change the entire feeling of the NFC South? Does, does Tampa Bay truly become the seller team? And it would be a smart move by Tampa to take that route. I only say this because, look, if you can't win a Super Bowl, you really should just tank. All right? Like, where teams, where teams get punished and fans get punished is when your team is just stuck in limbo, right? And we don't like that, all right? And ultimately, I would say the NFC South for you and I, look, those are that's our division. As long as we've known it, we've always had some veteran quarterback in there hogging the division, all right? Breeze, once he was gone, Matt Ryan was still there. It's up for grabs. It would only be fitting that Carr comes in or Rodgers comes in. I, I, I agree with that, and I also agree with your take on Tampa Bay. If Rodgers does go to Carolina, and let's say Derek Carr goes to New Orleans, we need to know our place, and that's going to be in the cellar for this season. You guys, look. If you guys go and get this Rodgers push, you guys are committing to a year or two of playoff football. That's truly it. The Saints probably are also trying to do the same thing, maybe with a window of three to four years. I get it. That said, a lot less hype around the New Orleans team that gets Carr versus you guys getting the Panthers, if, if that makes sense. I guess I'm just saying their window might be a little bit longer, but it's just Derek Carr. I feel like if you're Tampa Bay, and if you're Atlanta, I mean, let's not forget about the Falcons, right? If you are those two teams, go and embrace being at the bottom of the division. Let these two teams go out there, battle, get 10, 11 wins, get bumped in the first round of the playoffs. And then you guys get a high draft pick and you guys draft the future of football next year in Caleb Williams and Jordan Travis. It makes a lot of sense. Well, how about this? How about the fact that Derek Carr, you said, is just not no one, all right? A lot of teams are lining up for Derek Carr. It's 2023, and he's one of the most sought-after quarterbacks in this free agency. Oh, man. Look, he's only sought after because the other options, a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers who's going on darkness retreats and playing around with hallucinogenics in his spare time, all right? So let's not be let's – not, let's not get all crazy over Derek Carr, okay? The competition's not that fierce. If Lamar Jackson was on the market, I feel like Derek Carr might not have even had a phone call at this point. And if he was truly on the market, I mean, I don't know. For I think you're just not valuing Carr correctly. Look, if he goes to these Jets, what's there to value, Goggin? I need you to educate me. Okay, Carr, do you think he can take the Jets to the playoffs? Yes or no? I think most quarterbacks in the NFL can take that defense to the play to the playoffs. Absolutely. Okay, so thank you. That was a yes. All right, could Derek Carr take the Saints to the playoffs? in the worst division maybe okay so that was the most likely yes can he take the carolina panthers in the same division possibly right equal odds sure look the only team he probably can't take to the playoffs might be the houston texans whoa whoa okay listen you're you're right on that okay but let me okay let me plug in jimmy garoppolo can jimmy garoppolo take the new york jets to the playoffs absolutely can he take the could he take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Could he take the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints most likely if he cho- chose to go there? Agreed, but I would say the thing is, can he finish the season? Now that I don't think so. 
you, you're, you're not wrong there, right? Durability becomes a factor. Maybe that's why people are interested in Carr. But let's not forget, Derek Carr in his most important year ever, where they were actually Super Bowl favorites, he was playing like an MVP, couldn't finish the season. He wasn't durable enough, and he just couldn't cut it in a 16-game season, let alone a 17-game season. Agreed, but that was a bit of a fluke entry, all right? Ever since then, he's actually been doing great, longevity and duration-wise. You're, you're, okay, you're not wrong. We could go back and forth for an hour on Derek Carr, I feel like, man. It, one of, who knew he was one of the most controversial figures? <laughs> hey, Four, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. We actually have uploaded a 10-minute segment of Derek Carr to the New York Jets to our YouTube and our TikTok at Four Scene Sports. Let's transition for Ezekiel Elliott, right? I know you love running backs a lot more than I do these days, it seems. He's likely to be cut before the new league, the new season starts. Where do you think he goes? And do you think he still has enough in the gas tank? I, no, I don't. I don't think he's had much in the gas tank the last two seasons, which is why he's lost his starting job in Dallas in a very heavy running back uh, offense. I No, I don't think there's a lot left there. Do I think he can be on an NFL roster and contribute in small small situations? Sure. A lot of teams can. That said, where do I think is a good fit for him? I guess anywhere that's looking for a backup running back. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is a starting NFL running back anymore. I don't think he deserves the money. I don't think he's worth the risk. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, Tony Pollard is the A-side on that running back tandem. It's no secret. That's why he's staying around. Um, Yeah, that's that's my take on uh, on Zeke, man. What what about you? Look, there's really two jerseys when I close my eyes. And I see him in. The first jersey that comes to mind, and I put this out there maybe a couple months back, definitely quite a few episodes back. I know we're up to 41 now. Look, I see him in Minnesota. He just screams the running back of the Minnesota Vikings. Does he not? You can see him in that purple. Yeah. Well, look, Goggin, he, he would definitely get reps with how often Dalvin Cook is hurt. My point exactly. You're Minnesota. you got to go after a more durable back. I'm not saying Zeke's that much better than him, but he's more durable than Delvin. Let me ask you, Goggin, is he worth, you know, more than a couple million a year? Like, like what is what is the Ezekiel Elliott market looking like? Is it, is it going to be a minimum type deal? I, I would say it might be mid-tier to upper. And I say that in the sense that when I close my eyes, I feel like I still see him jumping in to that bin during his touchdown celebration, right? Which I believe was a Thursday night game. I think it was actually a Thanksgiving game. But that was four or five years ago for, right? That's the highlight I have in my head. Goggin, I just want to jump in real quick. Uh, Kivante, our uh, very loyal listener, he actually just chimed in with a fantastic comment. He just brought up the Buffalo Bills as a potential landing spot. And honestly, that makes a ton of sense. You know what? It's funny. The team I had in mind, the other jersey, was actually Jacksonville. So I could see him in Buffalo. I think that would be fantastic. For some reason, he just screams Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence to me. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Goggin, because I'm thinking about it. We have Ezekiel Elliott out there who's likely to be cut. I got to ask you, man. Leonard Fournette for Tampa Bay, also likely to be cut. This broke yesterday. We really didn't have a chance to cover it. Do you think that Ezekiel Elliott will be more sought after than than Leonard Fournette? Or do you see there being a market for Leonard Fournette? And if you're a GM, who do you want out of those two? Depends. I mean, if I'm trying to sell jerseys, maybe Ezekiel Elliott. If I want to win games, 
and I want to win playoff games, I'd probably go Fournette. But either or, I would say at this point, four, they're the same back. They're the same running back to me. Wow, you really, really feel like Ezekiel Elliott and Lenny are at the same spots in their careers. I do in the sense that they both have a lot of mileage. They both have injuries. Yeah, I do. You know what's funny, Goggin, is that you're actually not too wrong on that take. In my head, I thought Ezekiel Elliott was a lot older than he was, and I had no idea he was just 27. Like, he feels a lot older. I also have seen a lot of Bucks fans and uh, NFL fans in general talking about how men, Leonard Fournette's been in the league forever. He's only 28. Like, these guys are not, you would think, out of their physical prime unless running backs truly got a short prime nowadays. I mean, truly, maybe it's 26. Look for I'm 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 gonna put a, I'm gonna put this out there. You have a dog, right? Yes, I do. How old is your dog? She just turned three. How old is she in dog years? Ah, isn't that like twenty-one? That's twenty-one. All right, and we gotta start having a new measurement for running back years. All right, I'll tell you that you do not pay a running back after the age of twenty-seven, which means you do not pay them at all. All right, it's on to the next one. So 27 is the 33 for most NFL players. That's what you're saying. I think 27, let's say the running back comes in at 21, all right? That's six years. That's a lot of mileage. That's a lot of wear and tear. Okay, that's that's done. You so, can't. so, Goggin, you're, you're a one-contract type of guy with maybe a one-year franchise, but then you're done. You're checked out. Completely agree. Because the thing is, the only anomaly we've seen – has been Lord Derrick Henry, all right? And you just can't use the exception as the new rule, as the new standard, right? But what I have seen is I've seen a lot of running backs just completely disappear, all right? We've seen this with the the Kansas City Chiefs who just won. Where was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Nowhere to be found. That's very true. And look, me and you are also big... uh... We've kind of been big on the Derrick Henry might be going over the hill. He might be at the end of the run. Um, he's 29 now, which also, again, thought Derrick Henry was a lot older. I think you might be onto something, man. Instead of dog years, we're going running back years. Agreed. I mean, look, they just don't last, right? They don't. And, you know, we're starting to learn that teams are starting to really embrace that understanding the two-headed approach. We've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, and it, it just becomes truer and truer with every week. Uh, but, yeah, I am, I do think that both Elliot and Leonard can contribute. I think Leonard a lot more. I think Leonard Fournette still has a good, solid year starting left in the tank. I don't really blame a lot of his woes that, the, that he had this past season on him. That Bucks offensive line was absolutely garbage. And um, we couldn't run regardless of who was in there. So I do just want to point that out and that I really hope that Lenny lands in a good, a good spot. You know, I think a lot of potential places for him to go chase a ring, man. We call him playoff Lenny and Lombardi Lenny for a reason. The other part I would also add, we're seeing a generational shift right now for the time being. This might change, but I don't see it anytime soon. We are seeing money that was paid to running backs in the past completely move into the quarterback and some leftover money to wide receivers, all right? And I would say the best example of this is in New York for the Giants, right? They're using money that maybe 10, 15 years ago would have gone to Saquon Barkley, but they're giving it to a possible mid-tier quarterback in Daniel Jones, right? It's very true. It's very true. You know, it's funny you brought up Daniel Jones, Goggin, because that was actually going to be the next uh, 
topic that we were going to kind of discuss a little bit here. It relates to Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley is likely to be franchised, but it's only if the Giants can reach a long-term deal with Daniel Jones. This is per rap sheet, Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Uh, is this a smart move? I, I brought this up. I, I don't know if you're going to give me any credit here. I brought this up probably two weeks ago that I love the idea of franchising Saquon. And I really, really like the idea of just committing. I don't like the long-term deal with Daniel Jones. Trust me, that scares me. If I'm the New York Giants, I'm doing everything I can to talk to his agent into a one or two-year deal with the perhaps option to cut after one year, even if I have to overpay. You know, it is what it is. But Goggin, give me your thoughts on this. I don't like this one bit. All right. We actually put out a segment recently, also on YouTube, don't pay running backs over 27. And the picture I used, Saquon Barkley. Look, what's the statistical odds that he will have another healthy season? Back-to-back healthy seasons, I don't see it. All right. He's missed a lot of time. And that is who he is. No, pay the money to Dan Jones, draft a couple running backs. Man, yeah, I don't like this one bit. There's a lot of running backs out there. Don't pay Saquon. I I completely disagree. I'm a big fan, especially with running backs. Franchise them, franchise them, franchise them. It may not be popular to say that, and I understand they got to make their money too. But look, you cannot invest long term. The injury risks are real. If you're New York, you've already seen it with Saquon, and you've also already seen it, um, you know, in, with, with him. I mean, with his career, and you've been if you've been a Giants fan, you've seen running backs have injuries before. And the truth is, the right move is making him play on a contract that uses production to then get his value up, right? So, if he keeps playing at a high level, if he plays at a high level next year and continues on this phenomenal season that he had this year, then Goggin. You can go and franchise him again, right? Like, there's no, there's no stopping that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big, uh, big fan of the franchise tag, especially at the running back position. Who do you think of when you think of the franchise tag? Ooh, well, who do I think of when I think of the franchise tag? Kurt, uh, I don't know if it's Kirk Cousins for the fact that that dude always had some amazing short-term deals, or if I actually remember him being franchise tag quite a few times. I don't know if that, if you, if you know, but uh, that's who I think of. What about you? completely agree for some reason i know he's not the only guy to ever be franchise tag but it was the fact that the washington commanders they multiple they tagged him i want to say in back-to-back years in 16 and 17 so for me i just remember he couldn't get any deals and then lo and behold minnesota went out and paid the farm and and here he is but yeah i, I think of uh kurt cousins personally yeah, man, that's funny. That's funny. I also do, too, and I don't remember when he came to Minnesota if it was like a one- or two-year deal that he got, but it was like fully guaranteed, and it was just a lot of money. I remember that, and I was like, man, his agent is the true MVP. It was um, amazing. It was three years, $84 million, around that, I believe, whoo! and it was all guaranteed. That's insane. I mean, that's absolute highway robbery, and uh, yeah, shout-out to his agent, man. We need well, to get him on the pod. And imagine being a Vikings fan. You went from Case Keenum to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's an upgrade for that time being. Perhaps, but like, didn't Case take him pretty damn far? Case was the quarterback who threw the Minneapolis Miracle to Stefan Diggs and robbed the New Orleans Saints, right? Which we like to see as NFC South fans. But anywho, that's yes. neither here nor there. Or... All right, let's, uh, let's go on to the next topic. 
All right. So moving on to the next topic, this one, a little bit more of just a, uh, some announcements, right? A um, couple of guys, notable names in the NFL are getting cut. One being uh, prime candidate to be cut. So it looks like they're going to do it. It will save $6.1 million in cap space. The Bengals looking to cut tackle Lael Collins, which, you know, for a team that really does invest in their O-line, um, it, obviously it's a move that they're choosing to make here. Maybe they'll replace him in the draft. Uh, but it's a very interesting move. And Cameron Bray, longtime staple for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the tight end position. He's been there for many, 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 many years. One of my favorite players, um, one of the most underrated players in football. He is likely to be cut as well for Tampa. So, uh, yeah, little little heartbreak over the last 48 hours for the Bucs community out here. We're mourning, uh, mourning some losses. I mean, I don't know why the Bucs are so loyal to Cameron Bray. Because the only person I remember is Kate Otten saving your season week after week after week. And he's also a Washington Huskies uh, player as well, right? So send in some extra love there. Look, I don't get it here. Let's, let's go back to the Bengals. Would you need to possibly ask Joe Burrow how he feels about this? Because this can't be good. Uh, look, I have a different take on it. $6.1 million, They obviously don't feel like he's holding his weight on the line. I think that they also feel like they're going to have a very good year in the draft. I mean, who doesn't, right, when they go into it? But if you feel like you can go and get uh, a tackle early on with your pick, which, let's be honest, the Bengals, they have needs, but it's not that much other than at the O-line. Protect your investment. Your wide receiving core is fantastic. Uh, in terms of your, your defense, improvement can be made. But they're still playing well enough, right, to to get you into these these uh, meaningful games. And we're not even talking about their free agency run yet. So I'd like to see what they do to replace Leo Collins. Um, I also have to say I haven't watched a ton of film. I don't know if he's been, you know, uh, a great piece of that O-line. But we'll have to look. Look, this is it's simple. Keep your O-line and put more money in and get rid of T. Higgins. This is them trying to keep too many Lamborghinis oh, in the stop. garage. Look, man, look, I know you're you're Mr. Unloyal when it comes to these wide receivers, man. You're willing to throw them out and not even look twice. But, man, a special talent like T. Higgins, you're, you're willing to get rid of like that? I don't agree. Well, look, I mean, do you want Chase or Higgins? Oh, I mean, that's not fair. Jamar Chase is arguably the best receiver in football not named Justin Jefferson. Right, but the thing is, you're going to have to – you're going to have to give up T. Higgins. All right, you keep – Keep Chase, keep Burrow, build around them. Goggin, we got to have a talk, man. I feel like you just love formatting your teams with the number one receiver, a bunch of no-name receivers, man. I know you've got that Carolina Panther in you, man. With all those years of just having Steve Smith out there and nobody else, I can tell, man, that's how you like formatting your teams. Well, look, look, again, don't get me wrong. When Steve Smith had Musa Muhammad, we got to the Super Bowl. But the Bengals, when they had Ocho Cinco, and Hushmanzada, they never got to the Super Bowl, all right? And the fact of the matter is, in today's cap-strapped league, where you need to allocate more and more money on the defense, especially on the edge rushers, look, come on. Like, like you can't pay Higgins. No, you, go, go draft a wide receiver. There's so many of them. Sign a veteran free agent. But you can't keep paying your secondary and third uh, receiving options this much money. Yeah, I mean, I had to uh, just – I love that you went with TJ Hushmanzada, man. That's why we're friends. Uh, you went TJ over taking 
the duo of Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco, which I thought was phenomenal there. But you're right. Look, the two-headed monster at wide receiver typically doesn't work. There have been some exceptions, though, man. Like, let's be honest. You look at um, you look at Tampa Bay, for example, man. We have Mike Evans. We have Chris Godwin. We're paying both of them fairly. Um, obviously, we're in cap hell, so maybe that goes to your point a little bit. But maybe that's just money from a you know quarterback that should have retired a couple years ago. I don't know. I don't know. Look, okay. Can you name Jerry Rice a second uh, second receiver? Ah, oh, man, no. My point exactly. It's Montana to Rice, Steve Young to Rice. It's Brady to Gronk, Mahomes now to Kelsey. Right? They got rid of the other option. Come on now. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But like, you're gonna act like on those Patriots teams. It was just Gronk. We're not gonna talk about. You know, the Julian Edelmans, the Wes Welkers, the Danny Amendolas, man. We're not going to talk about, you know, we can go even further back, man. But, like, yeah, Welker, the dude who dropped the pass, cost him the game. Look, man, I just remember him on those those screen passes, man. I remember him fighting for every yard. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, let's go on to the next topic. For what you got? All right, man. So, moving on, we have uh, Jalen Carter, Georgia D-Tackle. Uh, projected top five pick in this year's draft. It's kind of going through some legal problems. We're not going to get too deep into it here on the pod because we focus on the football here. Um, but to kind of briefly sum it up, um, it was a potential race in which uh, it involved in people dying. Um, the driver of the other car was DUI. Carter wasn't in the vehicle. I want to ask this because I want to give a little backstory on it, Goggin, because I want to know strictly, does this affect his draft stock? Do you expect a top three, top four player in this draft to fall out of the top 10, the top 20? What do you see? I don't see this affecting his draft stock at all. All right. And it's not what I think should happen or will happen. It's me channeling these uh, these NFL GMs. Right. And so I'm having to predict and analyze their decision making. Right. And remember, guys. These executives make lots of money, all right? They make CEO-type level money, and their jobs are always at risk, right? It's day-to-day. It's week-to-week. The NFL is a very cutthroat league. No, they're still going to take him in the top five. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree. Look, I I actually do think he will fall a little bit. Um, We've seen this, you know, before with players, whether it's the week of the draft or whatever, falling and then having a fall. Whether it's leaked out, I think I think this happened with Josh Allen. I think that that was kind of rumored as well um, back in the day. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is strictly because, look, I kind of agree with you. There, there is GMs that are battling to keep their job, and if they're going to see at spot eight, nine, or ten a player that arguably with talent could go number one overall, they don't care about anything going on in his off season. They don't care about anything going on in his personal life. They care about that guy being the starting D tackle for that team. And as bad as that may sound or come across, that's not what I think. That's just the honest to God truth of it all. Look, you know, what's the the scariest and the toughest and the most brutal sport. That's 24 seven business. Okay. Yep. That's, that's what these executives have to deal with. And for you and I know this, cause we're dealing with this on a micro scale, which is the podcast business. <laughs> the the entertainment and media business, right? And look, at the end of the day, the best of the best are in this field. 
There's only 32 GMs. There's only 32 coaches. It is what it is. And this is difficult. It's tough. And that's really what it comes down to. I, I don't see them. Uh, he might drop from maybe number two to number three or number two to number four. But I don't see it outside the five. Plus, and let's let's be honest about this. If you see a guy that was was originally projected to be a lock at three or four, fall to five or six, you're crazy if you don't think teams are going to start calling up, willing to trade for him. Because, you know, let's not even talk about the contract. Just talk about the amount of talent that he possesses and being able to come to the team. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be insane. So teams are going to be trying to trade up to grab him if he falls outside the top five. That's my opinion, of course. And again, I mean, look, we have a lot of younger blood in the NFL, but remember a lot of those older coaches for, they always believed in taking the best player available. And especially if that best player available, you like him more than the guy you wanted to take at that number. I see that happening a lot in this draft. We This is a very talent-filled draft, and I think some players will drop, and we won't necessarily know why or when yet, but it will happen. Still got quite a few days until the draft. Hey, the fireworks are starting to pop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Goggin, talking about some uh, some fireworks popping here, man, and talking about the draft, you got me talking thinking about Bryce Young and – Apparently, Bryce Young, the former Alabama quarterback, is impressing at the Combine with the interviews. Teams are impressed with his poise and his football IQ, and they're not truly worried about his size. Um, this is coming from Dove Kleiman on Twitter. Thoughts on this, Goggin? Is, is he a lock at the number one pick, and is he going to be the guy for sure? Four. I'm going to try my best to not sound like a complete downer and a complete jerk. What is this, the Heisman House commercial? <laughs> this doesn't matter one bit at all, all right? He's small. He's got a small frame. We see small quarterbacks get hurt all of the time. Not a good value play this high at number one or number two. No, I, I don't like this one bit. And quite honestly, it's hard to take an Alabama quarterback this high as well. All right, so no, I, I don't. Yeah, he's, he's a great talent. He's a California kid. Look, we're a West Coast pod. I like that. I like Bryce Young. But I just have to call it like I see it. And if I'm looking at the data, no way, Jose. And that was that saying Jose because he's from California. Oh, thank you for the clarification, Goggin. Well, look, I just want everybody to understand that uh, this is coming from co-host Goggin. And please direct all your hate mail his way on Twitter at Four Saint. Now, look, uh, I just had to give you a little bit there. Look, I get your point. This The size is still something to be concerned, regardless of if you fall in love with his football IQ and his poise, uh, whatever that means, right? You're in an interview. A lot of people can be poised in an interview. What about when he's on the football field being chased down by all these defensive ends that are running four four forties all of a sudden at the combine? I mean, look, that's what you care about. That's what you need to see. And size is a big issue. You know, it just is. And so I do give you that. I think that that's real concern. I will say, I think that he has the most mystery in this draft. I don't know if I look at him like he is a, you know, I, I guess I'll just say it. I think he's kind of boom or bust. Like, I think this guy is either going to be an absolute out of the league in four years, or he's going to be really, really freaking good. And I don't know if we've seen enough yet to determine that. But I don't know at number one if I want to have to take that risk. Okay, poise. What is he running for election? All right, for look. Right. I just, I just don't understand it. Right. I mean, 
poise in the pocket is completely different than poise outside of the football field. All right. And quite honestly, look, Jalen Hurts is the last great Alabama quarterback, right? He got really close to the Super Bowl recently, but Hurts is much thicker and he's a couple inches actually taller than uh, Bryce as well. And let's not forget, Hurts actually got refined once he went over to Oklahoma, got, you know, got in touch with Lincoln Riley. I just, I don't know. I really would say stay away from Bryce Young here. All right. If he ends up being the next great thing, I will own it uh, episode after episode. All right. (laughs) But I just, I don't know. I I don't see it here. Today's day and age. I mean, the quarterback rules do favor him though, right? No, they do. But I mean, they favor everyone, right? Like we've seen, you know, quarterbacks with bad builds come out in the last 10 years, small builds. They don't work out. There's something that, you know, that's just the truth, right? Um, Even guys like, Russell Wilson, we're starting to figure out, might not be um, the guy. I mean, look, you have your Drew Breeses, you have your anomalies. I'm not going to say that. And Russell Wilson is also an anomaly. Um, but that said, Goggin, size is a big issue. Putting on weight is a massive issue. And these teams are going to have the resources to get him up to the weight that they want. But then does he produce at the same weight? You know, I hate to compare it. Like, I'm a big UFC fan, but there's a lot of you know, John Jones is coming back. A lot of fight fans will know this. This guy fights at 205. He's now put on 45 pounds and is going to be fighting at heavyweight. Will he produce the same way? It's the same for quarterbacks. It's the same thing. I like knowing the for sure thing. And that's guys like, you know, Anthony Richardson, for example, you know, he's going to play at that weight. You know, he's the, you know, the height that he is. He's produced at that weight and that height. He's going to be the guy that does the same thing. So, yeah, Goggin, I think you're on to something here, man. And, and you're right. I mean, I've mentioned this before as well, um, off the pod as well, and, you know, some of our uh, Twitter spaces here and there. I just don't know if he can play at a heavier weight. We've seen Russell Wilson play at a heavier weight this past season, and it did not serve him well. Goggin, I feel like you need to get maybe size gate trending on Twitter. <laughs> Look, I mean, maybe height gate and size, like size gate. I, I don't know. Possibly, right? But no, man, it's okay. It's all good, all right? So let's see. I'm getting worked up over here, right? But I, I got to calm down. I got to call it like I see it, though. Bryce Young, though, I, I just don't know. I, I still think he'll go number one or number two, but I just think there's too much risk there. And I agree with you, man. I'm glad we can finally agree on something, and that being Bryce Young is a big question mark heading into this draft. We almost have – the complete opposite take of uh, of every other podcast and sports media outlet out there. I mean, everyone's talking like this guy is going to be fantastic. They've seen it all. And me and you are sitting here going, look, yeah, he's, he's cool. He's great. But everyone's great at Alabama. Show it to us on the field. We have a lot more going for our uh, takes than we do against it. I mean, look, Alabama quarterbacks, historically, give me ones that last in the NFL. I'll wait. Give me, give me their... Give me their size, you know, give me guys that are undersized producing at a pro level. I'll wait. I'm just saying, you got to look at the full picture. You you can't just fall in love with the six-minute highlight package on YouTube that's playing to your favorite, favorite song. It just doesn't work. Look, you're spot on, completely spot on there for... I'm just going to rapid fire this real quick, right? And um, if you can answer this, you know, please do. Um, I'll I'll go and you can think about your cons for each of the quarterbacks I'm about to list. CJ Stroud, what's his biggest con? For me, 
it's the fact that he played at Ohio State. For the last great Ohio State quarterback in the NFL was actually Terrell Pryor, and he was playing wide receiver. All right? Look, I, I don't like that one bit. Bryce Young, we just mentioned it. His size. All right? Don't like that. That scares me. Anthony Richardson, this highly touted quarterback out of Florida. You want to know what scares me? The guy can't complete over 60% in college. All right? Come on, man. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Will Levis, you want to know what scares me? His stats. He's got the same level of college stats as Josh Allen, and they weren't good. They were not good. Four. Come on. Like, can you can you give me some cons of each of these quarterbacks? Look, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative over here. Look, I guess you know what I'll do? I'll counter you here because I do think you bring up four very valid points. If you do not like Anthony Richardson, for example, you're hating that completion percentage. But if you love Anthony Richardson, you're loving the mobility. You're loving the playmaking ability. You're loving the fact that he was able to make game-changing play after game-changing play after game-changing play all season. If you're looking at a, a, a Will Levis, you're looking more at the fact that the potential, right? You're falling in love with the fact that he could be a Josh Allen level talent. Um, so yeah, you, you may not have loved Josh Allen at Wyoming, but man, people sure do love him in the pros. And that's the same situation you're dealing with Will Levis. In terms of CJ Stroud, look, I, I like Stroud a lot. I think he's actually going to be uh, the second best quarterback in this draft class. Um, I think, man, you just look at it. Yeah, Ohio State pr- historically doesn't produce good quarterbacks. I get it. I understand. But you know what? Ohio State per plays some really, really, really tough teams. And I've seen him play against NFL future defensive players on a week-to-week basis. And I've liked what I've seen. And yeah, man, you know, we've already kind of covered uh kind of covered the whole situation in terms of uh, you know, Bryce Young. I don't want to hate on him anymore. If you like Bryce, you like the fact that it's absolute boom with this kid if he hits. He will be a top quarterback if he hits. If this translates, if the Bama stigma isn't there, if the weight's put on properly, if he's still the same quarterback, then yeah, he's fantastic. But there's a lot of ifs, and I don't like ifs if I'm taking him with the number one or number two pick. Very, very risky, right? Uh, That's maybe an if with three or four Fs there. That's being generous, and they're all capitals. I was going to say maybe five Fs for him being 5'10", allegedly. (laughs) Well, look, look, Goggin. I feel like we could talk quarterbacks the rest of the pod, but let me let me trade it. Let me get you a little bit of uh, kind of a switch on topic, but same thing. Let's more draft stuff coming out. All right, Goggin, there is a lot of interest in that number one pick, and we're assuming it's for Bryce Young. We're assuming, but here's the teams that are showing interest in it: the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, the Indianapolis Colts. And Goggin, your the team of the episode, your Carolina Panthers are all showing interest in that number one spot. Who do you think today is going to trade up to the number one pick? Because at this point, it's pretty much a lock. Somebody's going to trade up, right? Who's it going to be? All right. So I would love for it to be my Carolina Panthers. And quite honestly, look, I know I just was uh, talking logically and uh, honestly about Bryce Young the last uh, part of this episode. I'd be okay with them taking Bryce Young. And that's solely just because that shows to me as a fan that these Panthers are trying and they're going all in. All right. Look, the Bears, when they took Trubisky, yeah, it didn't work out. 
but at least signal to their fans that they're trying, right? And that's what you like. You want to see that. I'm sorry to interrupt. I think you're out here openly trying to tank tank Bryce Young's stock so your Panthers can get him. Am I I right on this? I don't have that much weight on the internet yet. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I would say back to the question at hand, who do I think trades up for the number one pick? I'd say it's the Colts, and I say that because Ursay, that's a guy that definitely is not afraid to make a deal, all right? And he's the Mr. Whelan deal. Look, this guy hired Jeff Saturday because that's what he wanted to do. So if Ursay wants to trade up, he'll get it. Look, I, I don't hate that take, but I, I'm sold, and nobody can take me off this. I think the Colts have their guy, and it's Will Levis. I don't think that they're I don't think they're shy on it. I think that's who they want. And I think we're kind of just playing the waiting game. And I think they're kind of playing the waiting game until they can actually draft him. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's already something that's known in the NFL. Um, but Doggett, I'm gonna hit you with my team here. I'm gonna tell you who I think it is. I think it's none of the teams listed, if I'm being honest with you. I think it will 110% be the New Orleans Saints trading up. I've done it in my mock draft. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I think that they are going to go all out to get their next franchise quarterback. And before you bash me, think about it. They don't know anything different. They don't know. They've tried to play the free agency game the last year, two years, and it hasn't worked out for them. They've had a quarterback get absolutely injured, and then they've played another journeyman quarterback that's not winning them a division that's extremely winnable for their talent. They know that it's now or never to win the NFC South and potentially uh, get back in there. And I look at it like this. This is a team that has never had a problem in the past trading multiple future draft picks to move up. They've done it before with for defensive ends. What do you think they're going to do for a franchise quarterback? And another thing, when are they going to have the opportunity to? This is the perfect cheer. They're going to move on from Jameis Winston. They're going to move on from Andy Dalton. They don't have anyone. And yeah, maybe they want Derek Carr, but let's just say Derek Carr heads to New York where they're going to make him a first-round Hall of Famer, first-valid Hall of Famer, like they're saying. If he buys into that, who are they going to get? They're not going to go get Rodgers. They can't afford him. They're going to make a move to trade up and try to get their franchise quarterback now. I actually have a controversial take. It's I think it's C.J. Stroud. Kind of, I'm not saying I'm hearing some things, but I'm hearing some things. And I wouldn't be surprised if they take him at one, but Goggin, that's my uh, that's my team that I think is the dark horse to trade up for the number one pick. Look for, I got to give it to you, you are the most well-connected person I know on the West Coast when it comes to the Southeast and football, all right? I know you got a lot of uh, Buccaneer connections and NFC South connections Look, man, there. I just on a lot of New Orleans Saints pages, man. They, they, they don't like me, but I like to keep up with the competition. <laughs> they don't know that, you, that you're in the forums, all right? Yes, all right, look. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, I, I do think there's some merit to what you're saying because I know the amount of research and I know the connections that you have. Look, for the, some of our listeners, for you broke the, uh, the Byron Leftwich firing live on the air uh, that night, I believe. And uh, so I'll give you some credit there. That turned out to be correct. Yeah, I think I had that 25 minutes after your kickoff, man. So (laughs) things just sometimes come to me, man. I could totally be wrong on this. I could see it maybe being in Atlanta, you know, not to cut you off, Goggin, but like Atlanta, very similar situation, right? They're going to be have a really hard time if they don't get a trade, which let's not act like we know the draft capital it's going to take to get Lamar Jackson to Atlanta, right? 
that being rumored, talked about, it's to Atlanta. And my thought process is if they already have that draft capital allocated for Lamar, if Lamar is not an option and that gets removed from the table, they will have an opportunity to reallocate that draft stock that they are already okay parting with for a quarterback. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that would be their plan B, right? So, hey, yes. that's fair. I can see the Saints doing something along those lines. It's a difficult place to land free agents, you're right. So we'll see. It makes a lot of sense. And look, they've been very patient with Taysom Hill. They've kept a utility gadget quarterback and have tried to force feed him the quarterback position as well. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong on that. Uh, Cubante, our favorite listener, just chimed in and said the Raiders. Uh, you know, I don't know if I buy into that because here's why. Look, they allocate. They were going to allocate something to try to get um, whether it was Rodgers whether it was going to be, uh, you know, Tom Brady, however that was going to work out, likely would have been in free agency, but more on the Rodgers front, right? My thought process is I don't think they have enough to offer a team. And I don't know if they trust in, if they really trust in the coaching staff with McDaniel to really make that move around him. I mean, I think he's kind of on the hot seat already. He's really underproduced. He's kind of looked like a bad coach. You're, you know, I don't know, man. And I don't think I, I don't think Las Vegas can truly make another mis- another mistake. You know, the bad legal stuff, the bad publicity, the bad draft picks. They really need some positivity. And I think they're going to go the route of trying to get an already established guy as opposed to taking a risk at quarterback, because I, I, I don't know. Hey, that, that makes sense. I think you're onto something there. Well, four. I mean, I think that's it for us, right? I mean, do you have anything else you want to discuss before we uh, we send it home? No, man. I think that's about it. You know, uh, shout out to uh, you know. I don't know if anyone's listening that was at that XFL game this past weekend, but I was at the XFL uh, Vegas Vipers hosting the DC Defenders and Gog. And I got to tell you, man, if you get a chance to get off that beautiful island that you're on, and you come back over to the mainland. Go check out an XFL game. I can't begin to tell you how much fun I had. You know, we were in a monsoon here in the desert. We were getting rained out, and we didn't let it stop us. We're in the front row. We're on ESPN getting yelling, getting recorded. It was a fantastic time. Uh, even though the, the Vipers lost, still had the time of uh, f- football time of my life, man, for it being an offseason. I can't complain. So definitely check out an XFL game. Look for. I gotta ask you how how did the uh, defenders fans man? Did they travel on the road? Like, were there quite a few DC defenders fans there? Brother, I couldn't tell you if there were any Vegas fans there. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. We were all there. It's a baseball stadium. I'm gonna be honest. One of the craziest sporting environments I've ever been a part of. Uh, you know, not a lot of team merch being repped. But by the end of the game, man, I saw quite a few XFL hats. Man, a lot of people are supporting the brand. Hey, that's fantastic. Look. Or I might have to take you up on it, man. I think we're going to have to plan a, a Vegas Vipers game here pretty soon. That's what I love to hear, man. That's what I love to hear. But other than that, Goggin, uh, I think that was about it, man, on this pod. I think this was a great podcast. A uh, lot of NFL news coming out. I'm excited to always jump in and dive through it with you, man. I think we got a lot of, uh, a lot of good news that we talked about today. Agreed, man. Agreed. Until next time, Four, right? Fantastic. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Q. Thank you, Ford. Thank you to the listeners. And as always, signing out.